Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. The COPA stands for Conference of the Parties to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, UNFCCC, which is an international climate summit that is held annually unless the parties or the countries involved decide otherwise. At COPS, world leaders gather to work together on solutions to tackle climate change. There are now 198 parties, 197 countries plus the European Union to the convention constituting near-universal membership. Cultural survival attended COP28 in Dubai from November 30 to December 12, 2023 and spoke about some of the outcomes of the scope to delegates who attended the negotiations. I'm Sarah Olsvi. I'm the chair of the Inuit Circumpolar Council. I'm from Greenland and we in the Inuit Circumpolar Council, we represent Inuit from Greenland, Canada, Alaska and Chukotka, Russia. Uh, we have been here throughout the COP and also the facilitative working group meeting before the COP and we take part in the process all the year, the whole year. Uh, I think this COP uh, has been very interesting in the sense that it seems that more states and also more observers that are non-indigenous are becoming aware of indigenous people's rights. Uh, and also that there has been a, a focus on uh, uh, in including uh, human rights in, in texts. But I don't think we are quite there and we will see with the final text when they are finished uh, because we still see a serious, uh, to us, very serious conflation of indigenous peoples and lo local communities. So I think that what we have achieved this COP is to be very clear uh, on our positions on our rights as indigenous peoples, but also that uh, our knowledge, so the knowledge of indigenous peoples must be included in any knowledge production uh, regarding climate change, and especially uh, when it comes from our homelands. Uh, and that I feel that there has been more attention to, uh, but if it will be reflected uh, in the text in the way that we would want to, is uh, remains to be seen. So I think that there's a really big need for us to continue to be here. I feel that there's some momentum, like uh, we have built not only the, the Indigenous Peoples Platform formally, but there's also a platform right now in, this, in the sense of a greater understanding of what it means when we say Indigenous Peoples, that we have the right of self-determination, that we are here as distinct peoples with our own status, uh, and that we should be represented and must be represented directly uh, in these negotiations. I feel that there's a greater understanding of that, uh, but whether it will actually be reflected uh, fully in the text, we remain to see. I think that the one challenge at this COP uh, that I have heard from many sides uh, is also that there has been less space for observers. And as long as we as indigenous peoples are not recognized in the UN to represent ourselves and we have to register as observers uh, or if we are lucky to get a badge through a stage, uh, which I also think there's a, 
an issue with because do we then speak on behalf of ourselves or do we speak on behalf of a state when we are registered as as state delegates uh, the bottom line is that the un does not recognize that we should have our own distinct status in the un and not just be listed as observers and we should therefore also be included in the negotiations to speak on behalf of ourselves directly uh, so that our voice can be fully heard uh, the way that we are doing things right now is that we when we then can enter only very few are parts of the uh, are part of the dialogue uh, in the actual negotiations and we have to filter and prioritize what messages we send to the states for them to to carry it on those states that support us uh, we are very thankful that there's many states who support our messages but uh, because we cannot sit there directly ourselves and speak for ourselves we have to prioritize which messages we take uh, to the states and this to me still demonstrates that the united nations does not include all nations equally and also when we talk about peoples they don't include all peoples equally so we must continue to to uh, do all we can to enhance the participation of indigenous peoples in the UN. And that goes across the UN in all its uh, agencies and bodies uh, and under each of its treaty bodies, especially and treaty negotiations. And I think that that is uh, an issue that we must continue to, to work on collectively from the indigenous caucus. Well, I have tried to follow uh, all of the streams of negotiations from the Inuit Circular Council. We also have people that work with different issues and through the caucus, we get a very good overview. Uh, but the global stock take, uh, the finance and also loss and damage. Uh, and I think especially on loss and damage, uh, we have one big issue from the Arctic that we are very happy that all other indigenous peoples in the caucus are uh, standing side by side about uh, and that is that we need to open up uh, the climate finance mechanisms including the Lo loss and damage fund uh, for indigenous peoples from all the regions of the world uh, and on adaptation and global stock take i think we see some conflations of, of of indigenous peoples and local communities there has been some improvements in the text but generally the recognition of uh, the knowledge of indigenous peoples and also that climate change does not only affect indigenous peoples in terms of our uh, sort of uh, nature and our uh, economies and livelihoods they also affect our intangible heritage so our knowledge systems our cultures and identities and languages and those things must also be part of uh, whatever text comes out of the cops uh, because uh, uh, the the massive impact of climate change to all of us as indigenous peoples uh, is not fully reflected as i see it in the text right now uh, if we don't get clear language in there uh, on a full recognition of, of those losses and damages, but also our contributions to adaptation, our contributions to, to so many other things throughout the world. Uh, is, I don't think that they are enough uh, reflected in the texts. And uh, I think one message that we have been good at delivering to the states and also based on those reports that are uh, we can base our advocacy on is that indigenous peoples do contribute with solutions and we safeguard very large proportions of the biodiversity. We live across very large areas of earth, although we only make up less than 5% of the world's population. So uh, the contributions that we come with are really a testament to why it's important for us to also be part of the negotiations uh, and another argument for states 
that they should include us in the negotiations so they also reach stronger resolutions. It is to recognize indigenous peoples as distinct with our distinct status and rights as indigenous peoples, to fully implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples in all documents that are produced in the UN. Uh, only that way we can live up to the promise that 25 years of negotiations between UN member states and indigenous peoples delivered in 2007 when the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples was adopted. So we need to see concrete steps taken from states to fully recognize our rights. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook, Twitter and listen to Indigenous Rights Radio on SoundCloud and Spotify. Yeah.